0: Welcome to the Happy Place Podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Do you remember the first time you've learned about sex as a child? I've heard many stories which are not so positive, as our families tend to be not sex positive, And my case wasn't any better. I grew up in post-Soviet Russia and in my family, nobody spoke about sexuality. Nobody showed any gestures of intimacy. And I've learned about sex from my classmates because they showed me porn. And as we watched the movie, I was really terrified. It was not a soft and sweet and cuddly type. It was actually quite rough and intense. And woman was screaming and men looked really aggressive and their faces didn't look sweet and happy. They were actually looking like they're really suffering. And I couldn't believe this is true. I couldn't believe that's how children are made. And this is what my parents are doing behind closed doors and this is what i'm going to do in the future i was just refusing to believe that it really took me some time to come to terms with that to accept it and to start making sense out of it because i was really curious child i felt from that moment i felt there's something wrong with this world it has to be different. It's not it. It's not making love. It's not intimacy. It doesn't look like this is it. It looked really gross and superficial to me. And I just trusted there has to be more than that. And yet, yeah, as I was growing up as a teenager, the world around wasn't helpful. There wasn't much education around sexuality, except for safety around it, like contraception, condoms and uh, stds like but nothing really inspiring nothing really beautiful and nothing even close to being sacred and i was really surprised how conflicting and contradicting it is how performative it is because i started to see that women are using their sexual charms to get what they want and As a child who didn't receive enough affection from parents growing up, I started to see that becoming sexy is the way to get attention, approval, and love from others. I started to receive gifts and compliments for just being sexy, and I started to use my sexuality to get what I wanted. And at the same time, I was quite ashamed of that too, And slut-shaming was quite a big part of the society where I was growing up, because women who were really sexual, they were shamed for that. They were called prostitutes, whores. So I was quite dissatisfied with this situation, as it just didn't make any sense at all. I just trusted there has to be more. I was quite a rebel since I was a kid and I'm still a rebel now and my curiosity around sexuality was there and is still there. It's just the interest becomes more refined these days as I'm exploring, uh, fast forward, yes, I'm exploring sacred sexuality these days and I'm teaching this. I practice tantric body work and I love to expose people with what's true, what's real underneath everything, all the sex matrix that society gave us. I'm really fascinated about the subject. I came from a dark place and that really pushed me, that really propelled me to seek, to search for more. And in this episode, I would like to talk to you about deeper meaning of sexuality, about deeper intimacy and sacred sexuality, about tantric sexuality, I would love to connect with you if you are one of those who is done with sex matrix and wants to find more depth and meaning and pleasure in it, or perhaps you're already on the path of conscious sex and looking for more guidance, inspiration, and connection with like-minded souls, so in this episode, I'd love to share with you my path of sexual transformation, expose where I am right now in relation to sacred sexuality, explain the benefits of being on tantric paths. So let me share with you how I see the red pill of sex and blue pill of sex. Speaking of the movie Matrix, red pill is the sex matrix. It's where we are actually stuck and where we actually don't want to be but sometimes we are there because we just don't know any better because nobody showed it to us and we are trying to model something that's already dysfunctional. So as I already mentioned, sex as performance is a huge one because so often we need to perform in life. So many of us have work as a duty, as a a place where we need to achieve something, we need to impress someone, where we need to keep up and put on the mask and do our best to play the role that is expected from us. Similarly, unfortunately, it happens in families where Man is expected to be manly, and women is expected to be sexy and feminine. And in sexuality, no wonder we also start performing this role. Man is performing the role of this strong, macho man. Well, I can exaggerate it, but at the same time, I'm not exaggerating because I came from Russia, and in Russia there is a lot of... um, reinforcement of men's being manly men have to be um keep up with that culture of being strong independent powerful someone who's really got it and um it's great when it comes from within and often unfortunately it's not it's the mask that man has to put on. And similarly happens in sexuality, when men has to perform the role of being really cool guy, of being alpha, being the one who knows everything and kind of hiding the vulnerability of being human and just showing that performance. And of course, for women, similarly, women have to perform And often the performances being like porn star, being like movie star, being like moaning and sexy and just showing that narrow aspect of sexuality, which might not be authentic at that time. And yet uh, it's expected for people to perform, or at least this is a strong belief that sex is performance. And why do we want to perform? Well, because we want to win love, approval, and recognition. Then similarly, sex can be duty, and duty is when we are supposed to have sex. And again, in my culture where I come from, it's really encouraged the idea that there is this Uh, husband's duty, like come home and have sex with his wife, and wife has to do it. Unfortunately, uh, the reality is such that as I talk to a lot of women about sexuality, as they come to see me for tantric body work, and they expose to me that it's not long gone, it's actually current reality for many women, and the kind of women that I see are often not some like, let's say, miserable from third-world countries who have really struggled for survival. Well, no, a lot of women I'm seeing are really sophisticated, uh, well-educated women in their 40s who seem to have resources to learn that sex doesn't have to be duty, and yet it's so deeply imprinted in us, and it's so such a habit And unless we really consciously start exploring it and start really breaking through this uh, conditioning, this societal norms, we're just stuck in it because we are just going on autopilot, repeating something that our parents used to do and our grandparents used to do. Well, thanks to them, we are alive. They did everything they could. They had different priorities at that time. And I'm feeling really blessed and lucky that the times when to be alive these days is really special because we have an opportunity to start looking into subtleties and nuances and see the beauty and importance of it, that sexuality is not just about survival and procreation. Sexuality can be way, way more. So let me wrap up the sex matrix section here, with the final one uh, as sex as addiction is something that definitely I've experienced because I just didn't know how else can I receive love, recognition, and approval. And when I am sexy and attractive and someone desires me, I've noticed since I was a teen that the full attention is on me. And ultimately, love is nothing else but a deep, unconditional attention, like this deep attunement, and when there is nothing else in the world but you, this is it. And this is exactly what happens when there is a sexual desire involved. It's not as unconditional, but at the same time, there is this attunement, this desire where... There is nothing in the world really exists and someone is really present. And I was not taught anything about attunement and love and presence growing up. And yet it just happened during sexual situations, right? During the times when someone would want me, someone longs for me, someone desires me. And I started to get addicted to this without even knowing. I only learned later how addicted I became because it was really subtle and it was slowly growing. And once I was in the long-term relationship where I was, I, we didn't have many other opportunities to really tune into each other, to really have the quality time together. And sexuality was the only way. And I was constantly craving more sex. I was constantly trying to seduce him. I would feel really defeated if he would say no to me because whatever, he's tired, I would start feeling unworthy, ugly, something is wrong with me. So I would double up on my seduction tricks and find different ways to be even more sexy. And then I discovered polyamory as a way to get even more of that love, attention, recognition, approval. Well, at that time, I didn't know much about polyamory as far as the reasons behind it, as far as the best way to explore it. All I knew that it's possible to have multiple lovers and I can make such choice. And at the same time, it was really unconscious for me that this was part of my addiction, that I just didn't get enough satisfaction in terms of receiving love and attention from a partner I was with and then I just concluded I need more I need more I just my body just needs more you know sexual entertainment and I I just want more and I had no idea at that time that this was not a healthy way of being sexual woman I learned much later so we'll come back to that and let me f- share a bit more about the path of getting out of sex matrix. I wonder if you can relate to that and I'll be so happy to receive any kind of feedback if you want to message me after this because it's pretty vulnerable what I'm sharing and I love to connect with you all and see if this is true for you in any way or not. All I know right now is my experience, but also I'm talking from experience of many Uh, women that I'm staying connected with when it comes to exploring conscious sexuality, the path from duty, performance, and addiction to pleasure, creativity, and divinity. So going further, how I discovered that there is more to sex than meet the eye, there is more to sexuality than my conditioning and societal norms and porn So I was lucky at the age of 23, I came to a tantric island in Asia, and that's Thailand, Koh Phangan, and there was a tantric yoga school, which initially wasn't really about sex. Right away, I've heard that tantra is not about sex. Tantra is about bringing depth and meaning and spiritual element into everything that exists in the world of shapes, and form. I started studying yoga, pranayama, and uh, yoga scriptures from ancient Sanskrit texts in India. And very soon I've learned how sex has to do with God, which was, wow, like, how is this really possible? I could never imagine that was the last thing that I knew about sexuality, that it can be divine and godly and so precious. So I've learned that Oh, sex is an energy exchange. It's a way to uh, generate certain energy, and there is a term "energy sublimation" in tantra, which is a way to uh, transform lower energy into higher realms. And there is a whole thing on chakras, which would be a whole another podcast. But I can imagine some of you know there are different chakras in our body as energy centers, starting from lower one, muladhara, the earth energy, the most gross one, the something that really binds us to this world of shapes and forms. And then there are like higher ones as you start going up from the perineal going area, going through the whole body upwards to the top of our head, to sahasrara, which is the one that really dissolves the, world of shapes and form into something really refined towards the infinite, towards the non-existence, towards void. And uh, sexuality in Tantra is the way to bring that energy from lower realms to higher realms, bring humanness to divinity. I was so touched by that. I remember I was just crying as I listened to it. And I was so curious, tell me, tell me, is this true? How, what What do you mean? I would love to experience what you're talking about. I always felt like I'm a really highly sexual person, and that sexuality was a really big part of dysfunction in my life. I was feeling like I'm cursed for having sexual desires, not to even mention having kinky desires, which is, again, a whole another podcast. You can see how passionate I am about this. Subject, because there are so many aspects to it. But staying on track, I learned what it all means from a practical standpoint. From a practical standpoint, women have to really explore themselves and discover vaginal orgasms. They want to go from more clitoral, superficial orgasm to deep, profound, like energetic, full body vaginal orgasms. And for men, it was about Separating orgasm from ejaculation. So sexuality is not goal-oriented, that it's all about getting to that final peak of coming and then you're done. And instead, you need to cultivate this energy and really stay comfortable in it, bathe in it, marinate in it, and also bring it to full-body orgasmic experience, which is not about ejaculation. In fact, ejaculation is not recommended for tantric men, because we want to preserve this energy and take it to higher realms, because during ejaculation you actually lose this energy. While when you sublimate this energy to higher chakras you have all this power that you can really send to something greater than yourself you can use it as a bridge to connect with your partner with the world around you and with god ultimately and i was really fascinated when i heard that like i'd love to get it get started what does it mean what do we do I've learned about tantric body work as a way to help us to clear the blockages and access this beauty that I just mentioned. So I started to learn what stands on my way to this divine sexuality. What's Preventing me from that, why there is performance, duty, and addiction like, why I have that instead of this godliness, divinity, creativity, and deeper intimacy. So, during yoni massages, I started to really see what's there and I brought it to awareness. All my sexual shame, all my sense of unworthiness that I was trying to clear with sex and everything that's contributed to addiction and all my experiences of performing in order to get love and all the societal ideas of what is really sexy, how I need to keep my belly tucked in, like how I have to, you know, just do so many things with my body to Look beautiful and sexy. So I started to see that this is not true. And this was the way to get out of my sex matrix is by starting to see what's bullshit, basically, what's been given to me by some media or some uh, past habits of survival of my family. And I started to clear myself from it. So on the path from. Uh, Red pill to blue pill for me was about clearing the debris, clearing the basement, clearing what's not true, clearing my eyes from all the dust from past generation, clearing my body from all the conditioned movements that I've learned uh, that are, are meant to be performative. And finally becoming clean and clear. And then what's there if I'm a clean and clear vessel And that's where deliciousness begins, because when the vessel is clean, this is when divine energy can channel through. And oof, I'm having goosebumps as I speak, because this is so sweet and special and powerful for me, this deep surrender that comes with sexuality. So let me share the attributes of divine sexuality, tantric sexuality, or the blue pill, the truth, the love, and the freedom. What is sexuality about. So it comes down to deeper intimacy, first of all, with myself, to really start seeing different parts and pieces of myself and embracing them. Because even if some of them seem to be dysfunctional, there is no way to get rid of them through rejecting them. It's all about seeing them and loving them and seeing how hard I've tried how hard I tried to use my sexuality to get something from the world, to get that love that I didn't receive enough, and how much tenderness is there in that performative aspect sexuality, because underneath it all is just nothing but longing for love and unity and connection. So I started to gain that compassion to those pieces and parts of myself, started to embrace that shame, that deep vulnerability of separation from something greater than myself, that sense of being not enough and needing to be constantly trying so hard to be more, even in something so... Intimate as sexuality, so intimacy with myself was the first step towards embracing a deeper level of sexuality. The second aspect is sexuality as ritual of oneness, right? When I become one with myself and then I invite my partner to join the dance, we're becoming one we are together as one. And for that to happen, we, are, we need to embrace each other exactly where we are. So it all starts from intimacy with yourself, which comes together with authenticity and vulnerability and deep love for our humanness to love ourselves exactly where we are. And if two people are doing it, we are meeting each other exactly where we are. And this is where all the magic happens, because we are not trying to get somewhere. We are not aiming for some performance or duty or a goal or achieving something through sex and getting something at the end of it. Instead, we are just meeting each other where we are, whatever we are feeling with all the emotions and desires and pains and tears and joy and spontaneity and creativity we are just meeting each other where we are and this is where oneness happens because we as our bodies get closer as our emotions get revealed as our hearts are raw and open everything starts to flow together there there is like a loss of separation between me and him me and her And all of a sudden it's just the one dance of energy and there is a sense of unity, oneness, that deeper intimacy, this ability to confess either verbally or non-verbally our hearts, our soul, our desires and longings and fear and see each other and, and understand each other way deeper than the conditioned way of understanding something that we can read or hear and think of logically. Well, sex is way beyond logic. This is where we get out of our heads so we can start meeting our souls and hearts. And this is the beauty of tantric sexuality. And next is creativity, how we can become creative through that. Because one way is to follow script, Okay, first foreplay, I need to touch him there, he touches me there, exchange, transaction, I need to please you, you please me, and we have to stay even in how much we please each other. So this is very logical, this is very transactional, superficial. The other way is to let go into creativity. How do you authentically feel your body wants to move? What kind of sound your mouth wants to produce? What kind of breath is authentic to you right now where where do you want to go from here how does your body want to express itself what kind of emotions you're feeling and starting just to dance it into creative expression being spontaneous knowing that you cannot go wrong because any artist will tell you that the best art is produced when you just know you cannot make it wrong If you have performance anxiety, you're not going to produce beautiful form of art. Beautiful art is not produced under pressure. Beautiful art is done when there is no pressure, no need to get anywhere, when there is ample time to just express things regardless of how they will be evaluated by outsiders, so quite similar in sexuality, when we start to feel that energy gets generated, we can play with that. We can become playful, creative, raw, authentic. And this is the beauty. I started to learn later that being, what's really being sexy, what is sexy actually, right? The superficial one is uh, to create certain image and put on a show. We, we match certain trends, uh, right? Like uh, fashion trends is a temporary idea by a certain society what's really sexy, you know? some There were points in history when voluptuous women were really sexy and, uh, and now like the skinny women meant to be sexy and it's constantly changing. You just never, you can never keep up because you can never mold yourself into that. And I started to see that it's a lost game. At some point, there will be um, belly and wrinkles. And and then, of course, it's not considered to be sexy by modern standards of society. They are brutal with women, right? With men as well. What is being sexy for men, being very insecure about our genitals. Like, there is so much in that sex matrix. But, and it's super gross and superficial. Like, it's not really taken us to the depth and truth and divinity so what is the blue pill version of sexy i discovered at one moment that it really hit me really deep it was i was really in my meditation practice when i just felt it deep within it really clicked i really felt this is it so what's true what's really sexy is being comfortable in your own skin it's being comfortable where you are right now being completely secure where you are and um, in that tantric yoga school, by the way, we did so many wild, cool things. One of them was actually um, a beauty competition, which was really strange to do it as part of spirituality, right? But tantra embraces everything, and that was a fun thing to do. And I remember I was still insecure, and I didn't want to be part of it. Like, who am I to be in beauty contest? And then I came to watch, and there was one woman out there that didn't meet, didn't match the classic standards of beauty, Um, It was kind of shorter, bigger woman. And um, I was really surprised as I watched her, how confident she was in her skin. She was dancing, she was moving, she was singing. There were like um, different points of contest of being creative, expressive, all of those things. And and she was just on top of it. She didn't care if she loses or win. She was not self-conscious about how she looks. She wasn't trying to keep her belly tight. And she was just plain. She was just expressing herself in the most authentic and playful way. And that was so attractive. I was just glued on her. I was just watching her and feeling like, wow, if I was there, I would be so terrified. I would be so self-conscious and worried how I'm perceived and if I'm going to win or not. And I would mean if I'm worthy or not. Well, that was out of the equation for her. And guess what? She won. She definitely won. And that was such a huge lesson for me to see that this comfort in your own skin how how much beauty in that and ever since i've been going in that direction instead of trying to mold myself towards where society currently expects women to be right and of course it's so different i'm traveling the world it's impossible to match all the standards it's different everywhere it's a lost case while being comfortable in your own skin it just never goes out of fashion it's it's universal, it's divine, because we are divine. This is the essence of Tantric teachings, is to realize that the way we are, where we are, how we are right here, right now, is already perfect, precious, and divine. And I'm so inspired by this, I'm so done and tired of trying to perform and trying to keep up with trends, and trying to use my sexuality to get something to impress someone. No, I really want a deep, meaningful experience of surrender to God, and I know this is possible because this is where I am this day. So I want to wrap up this um, my personal sharing in this show by sharing my recent experience of what is tantric sexuality, because I'm still evolving in that direction. There is always refinement, even if I already solve the issue of not being able to have orgasms, even if I solve the issues of performance and sex and uh, duty and addiction, there is constant refinement into more authenticity, into more depth, into more into more refined creativity, into becoming a cleaner vessel for divine grace to pass through. So let me share my most recent vulnerable intimate experience with you. So I have a beautiful, incredible, amazing person in my life who is um, my tantric lover. And when we meet, there's always magic, although it doesn't have to look like unicorns and rainbows, wild explosive orgasms and having fun all the time. The magic is such that we just meet each other where we are. We meet each other unconditionally and um, there will be another podcast for the subject of what means to be a tantric lover, but I'm giving you a glimpse right now. The best quality of a lover is to meet a partner where they add, to meet themselves where they add, and to meet a partner where they add. And this particular lover, this amazing person, he was the one who taught me a long time ago because we knew each other for a while. And he taught me from the start without giving me lectures or preaching me, but he taught me with his own example and behavior, how amazing it is when we meet each other. Just where we are, without any expectation, I, can, I know many women who are familiar with this energy. Usually it's there for men, but of course we women can also have this, the energy of expectation, like meeting each other, like, mm, will we have sex? Will we have my orgasms? Will it be more beautiful than previous time? So this expectation of needing to get somewhere is really what stands on the way of deeper intimacy. And this lover, he just meets me exactly where I'm at, whichever mood I'm at. However, I'm feeling definitely what we want to do with each other is to give each other a hug from the start and then seeing where it takes us. And the beauty is that we don't have to go in one particular direction. It can be a hug and a conversation, uh, or it can be something, something else. We can choose what, what we really feel in the moment and just go moment by moment revealing each other authentically to each other where we at and this gives deep relaxation and this is when we both start to really relax it's like a deep exhale like oh, okay i'm here i'm with you we are together in it and we don't have to be anything We don't have to get anywhere. And this is really when time stops, when there is no rush, there is no agenda, there is no performance, and no need to impress each other, because we are not there to get love and recognition from each other. We are there just to surrender to the present moment and be with what is together. So this is the magic of being in the present moment. And... Last time we met, it was really pure magic. I did not expect it will go in this way. So when there are no expectations, this is where life itself takes us to places that are unimaginable. And this is what happened in our lovemaking. Last time we met each other exactly where we at, and we stayed hugging each other, and then we relaxed really deeply. Time disappeared. And There was some spontaneity in the way we started to move and touch each other without trying to get to genitals or like any kind of stimulation. We were touching each other in uh, some unusual places like under elbows, touching each other's hair, looking into each other's eyes and speaking things that just came naturally and really staying aware and present with what What's there? Like noticing the subtleties, the nuances that that are so easy to overlook. I remember he was giving me compliments. and I remember this noticing that point, how I'm not letting those compliments in fully and remember how I try to reframe it in my own mind like, well, what if I drop that resistance to compliments? What if I just let them in? How would I feel? And I started to feel vulnerable, actually, right? fully receiving compliments felt vulnerable. And I received them and there were tears in my eyes, like, is this true? Is this really who I am? But he speaks about me, the beauty, the the divinity that he sees in my eyes. Is this really me? And I started to really let it in. And then I started to feel how I'm becoming more raw and more, tender and then he started to even pick up on compliments more and share like how special i am how incredible i am in my vulnerability and we started to continue touching each other and uh, the beauty of this lover another aspect of him is that he is not attached to ejaculation And there is no goal to get there. We can really make love for a really long time. Usually I'm the first one who starts to slowly settle and get tired, I would say, not the best word. I do have energy, it's just there is a sense that completion comes from me, not from him. And what makes it special, that a lover is a tantric lover, that there is no sudden interruption of the process, like there is build up, there is ejaculation, orgasm, and we're done. Like, no, that doesn't happen in our lovemaking. He can go on for hours and hours, and that removes any stress and fear that what if he comes, what if he finishes, and I didn't, like none of that in, is in my mind. I know that he can play and flow and explore, make love with me for a really, really long time. And that puts me in that deep, deep trance of relaxation, surrender, and creativity and playfulness. And from a more technical tantric standpoint is the energy has more time to build up. The energy is starts to accumulate. The energy starts to flow everywhere in the body mind emotions and anything and everything becomes welcome in this energetic exchange we start feeling all kinds of impulses desires like and they're all welcome even if it's it feels like now i'm feeling aggression i'm angry well that becomes part of the play we can bite each other we can roar and we can say all kinds of inappropriate things at that time. So like everything, everything and anything becomes fully welcome in this interaction. And there is no chase of orgasm. There is no analysis of what type of orgasm I'm experiencing right now. And at some point, it's just the total surrender into oneness and unity. It's like the body moves by itself, The breath happens spontaneously, the energy flows where it wants to flow. It's like that Shakti power, this is how tantrics call the life force, and the sexual energy is a life force, and life force knows where it wants to flow. It starts to flow exactly where it needs to flow, and the body starts to move exactly in the way that it needs to move. And that happens in this deep sense of safety when I'm feeling really safe. And with him in particular, I feel safe. I can cry and he will not tell me, stop it, what did I do wrong? He will just welcome me in my full femininity, in my fullness of my expressions, exactly where I am without any judgment. I know he will hold me. I'll know he feels me. I know He will lead me and guide me even deeper into myself. He will really break me open in the most beautiful, kind, and loving way. So once the orgasmic energy started to take over, I don't even know the beginning and the end of it. It's just a never-ending sense of bliss. And in that bliss, anything and everything is allowed. And... Whatever is in our field, we are not resisting it. We are welcoming it. And the key moment that I remember so well, and it will stay in my mind, I I don't want to say my mind, in my memories for a while, is the moment where I, I started to really bathe in that oneness of absolute, like there is only one of us. There is no separation. And it's just love and light, nothing else in it. It's just love and light. And at the same time, there was something there in that energy that we both shared because right before we started to make love, what was on our mind is the recent conflict in uh, Israel, and it was really deeply touching for both of us. Um, We had friends who were affected by it and just general fear and compassion for the world where it's sad how much pain there is, how many innocent people are suffering, and how hard it is to resolve it, there is no simple solution, and the world doesn't seem to be doing well, and right now there's so much grief, and loss, and pain, and conflict. So right in our lovemaking, right in the peak of the orgasm, he started to pray. He started, I don't remember the words he used, but I felt that energy behind them, but he kept saying, he kept repeating That may all these beings who are suffering right now, who are grieving, who are in pain, who are are transitioning, or who are wounded, who are in conflict, who are deeply divided, and there is deep suffering and separation, let them feel that energy. Let them be infused by it. We want to share it with them. Let them have it. We pray for them. We want to share our love and bliss with them, and he kept on repeating it, he kept on repeating it, and I was crying. I felt both. I felt this divinity of ultimate bliss, and at the same time, the pain and suffering of humans who are in the opposite end of the spectrum, who are far from it right now, who forgot what oneness and bliss and unity is. And I just cried, and he kept on saying it he kept on, kept on repeating the prayer that desire to share what we are experiences with the ones who need it the most for with those souls and who are really lost and in deep struggle and he kept on repeating it for a while the energy kept on flowing and he kept on moving and he kept on repeating and he kept on moving and he kept on repeating and it was really profound experience. It was really the the essence of Tantra to bring together that deep pain of separation of being human and the oneness of being divine. Yes, this is the essence of Tantric sexuality and by experiencing that, I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to share it with you all. I really have this urge to bring this to the world, to normalize Tantra, to share and to transfer this knowledge on how to clear ourselves from that conditioning of survival and sex matrix and how to bring us to that clarity and depth and love and beauty of Tantric lovemaking. So I hope that's been inspiring for you all. These days I offer various guidance and transmissions to my clients, to those who want to go deeper into conscious sexuality, to gain more pleasure and intimacy in their sex lives. I offer tantric body work for both men and women, which is about coming from gross to subtle, coming from numbness to pleasure, from pain to pleasure, from confusion to clarity, different ways to start feeling the energetics and expanding our understanding of what's possible in sexuality to remove all the conditioned beliefs physical blocks from the body mind and emotion to purge what's no longer serving us i find that it's it's tremendously important to have this kind of experience i also call it ceremonial journeys because these are really extraordinary experiences that we are creating to really allocate the full day for really journeying into your self and embodying the new horizons, what's really possible to experience in our human experience, in our bodies, minds, and souls. I love to offer tantric body work and all kinds of teachings around that, um, coaching, guidance, groups, and so on. But in this podcast, I would love to share with you more in the upcoming episodes. I'll be talking more in depth about steps of Achieving divine bliss through sex and steps of clearing ourselves from the sex matrix conditioning. Stay tuned with me and please don't hesitate to reach out to connect if it resonates with you. I'm just starting this podcast. For me, it's a bit of a vulnerable endeavor as I'm speaking to the microphone at the same time, envisioning you, my listener seeing how you can relate to this so if you give me any feedback i'll really appreciate it if you really enjoy this podcast please leave five stars and uh, if you listen on apple and leave a review Um, that will be really really helpful to bring this sharings to more people Um, follow me on social media subscribe and let's stay in touch until next time